Hi everyone, this is Aisha and Julia. Welcome to Meet Me at the Bookstore, a podcast dedicated to all things bookish. Oh, it took us alrighty. a while to get here, but <laughs> we're here. You have no idea, you guys. You have no idea. Um, yeah, this episode, <laughs> it's a bit of a mishmash of stuff. As I kind of already mentioned on Instagram last week, we're out of office. We had some technical difficulties. There's just lots of stuff happening. But with this episode, we're just going to really share a bit of our recent trip to London about two weeks ago. We recorded a bit while we were in our hotel there. Yes, fun little snippet of yeah. us in the same room yeah. together, which uh, is but very we rare. We couldn't record a whole episode there just because it's London. We can't sit in a hotel room the whole day and not go outside and go to a bookstore, right? So yeah, we'll just share a bit of that. <laughs> and then, you know, in particular, some bookstores we visited. But yeah, we'll share right now what we were currently reading two weeks ago from our hotel room back then. Hey, guys. Hey. All right, this does look like the mic that's working. Okay, nice. Yes. Sorry, we've uh, had some technical issues. <laughs> yeah, as per usual, I guess. We shouldn't we... be too surprised. Anyway, <laughs> down to what this episode's about. It's just... Bit of a funny episode. Funny episode. Just us doing some shenanigans. Yeah. That's it. And just vibing together. That synergy from being in the same room. <laughs> Hashtag synergy. Hashtag synergy. <laughs> But yeah, as always, we'll do our current reads. So I'm going to pass it off to Julia because I made her stop talking about the book she was reading during lunch because I said, save it for the podcast (laughs) because I don't want us to re-record if we can avoid it. So passing it to you. Should I? Okay, you're just going to hold it like this. Okay, awesome. So I am reading the second book in the Akatar series, A Court of Mist and Fury, I believe. And so many of my questions have been answered because in book number one, I did not get the hype about... Okay, so apparently it's Resand. I've been calling him Rysand. And my only other option was Rysand. I rice resand was not an option that my mind came up with, but, but I did think it was weird that his nickname was Rice. Cause I was like, that's like having an, your name be bread. And I was like, why would you make that a character's name? Um so resand. Yeah. Um, I get the hype. I'm so here for that. And I also love the night court. It sounds so beautiful. I mean, that said, look, I love the spring court. Although spring is my least favorite season, and if I have talked about this to so many people. Hashtag allergies. Hashtag allergies, exactly. I mean, I'm, every single time we record, I'm like, Aisha, I'm congested. I have allergies. It's and not it's, seasonal. It's, it's never gotten better. Maybe in winter, though. We'll see. Anyways, that's why I hate spring. I mean, there's many reasons. I can get into them here, but I won't. But I did love the descriptions of the spring court. That said, the night court is so stunning. Definitely my vibe. And I just got to the part in the book when they got or they started introducing Valeris, mm-hmm. the city of starlight. Wait, you so say beautiful. Valeris? Oh God, what is it now? I say Valeris. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Did, was there a pronunciation guide for it? I want to say Valeris is from what I've heard on TikTok, but Valeris. I have pronounced almost every single one of her characters wrong. That I've ever read. Well, who else? Oh my god, what's like another? Okay, Cassian, Azriel. Okay, um, stop. No, <laughs> no. Okay, Azriel. It's Azriel. Why? Okay, I would say Azriel. I was FaceTiming Danielle this weekend, and we we're talking about Crescent City. We need to get her on, like in our next season. Okay, yeah. Um, hopefully next season, guys, we'll we have can guests. have some guests. Fun. Um, so we could do some more like deep dives into books, maybe, and get <laughs> even more hashtag synergy. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Yeah, so Azrael. Azrael, yes. No, it's it's Azrael. (laughs) Because SJ Mass said so. I'm sorry. Her pronunciations are whack. Okay, other than Chol. No, like it's Azrael. The majority of the fandom says Azrael. Okay, Azrael. Who else is there? More? Yeah. Okay. Um, Oh, um, Amran. Amran, that's pretty pretty straightforward. Elaine, Nesta, Tamlin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to adjust my <laughs> name calling. Um, anyways, so where was I? Yes, I'm really yeah. enjoying hearing about, I mean, the night court itself, the court of dreams. I love, I am here for a progressive king. Let me tell you, I am liking everything about Resand. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just really enjoying it so far. I appreciate that Sarah J. Maas definitely takes a while to world build. Nevertheless, I'm still enjoying the books. I think she is a great storyteller no matter what. Um, no, I'm really enjoying it. So I don't know what else to say. Just keep waiting because that book was a good one. I was going to say, so, I mean, I guess everyone talks about how spicy Akatar is, right? Yeah, no, keep waiting. Okay, because I was – in the beginning of the book, there was actually some spicy scenes really close to the front. I was like, whoa, what's happening? I don't really care about Tamlin. I yeah, I was going to say. Well, okay, did you like so. him in the first book, though? Because I, I, like, really liked Tamlin in the first book. I, I was like, I can get it, but when I He's started, really different in this book. So when I, when I read the series, though, when I started it, I, I did a buddy read with Danielle, and we'd already seen a lot of stuff on TikTok. Mm, oh, so you did And you. so it was kind of like, hmm, okay – so I was a bit aware. I can understand the allure with Tamlin. And mm. I think part of it's, I mean, you have yet to continue with the series. Mm. I think what it it does show, like. No spoilers. Appear, no spoilers. Appearances aren't everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I so guess like, we were already kind of seeing that. The thing is, before I ever even started the Akatar series, of course, like on TikTok, I have yeah. seen TikToks about Akatar. And I remember being really confused, being like, like when I started these mm. books, I was like, how come I've never seen a TikTok mentioning Feyre and Tamlin? And then that's why I actually, you guys, I went on TikTok and, you know, typed in A Court of Thorns and Roses. And w- there weren't actually that many that bad spoilers, I have to say. But obviously everyone knows that Resand and Feyre are together. Um, I'm not there yet. But I mean, it is pretty obvious that's where it's going. But I'm excited for that. So what am I currently? I'm still freaking reading. The Body Keeps the Score. <laughs> Um, I really tried to finish these books before coming here, but it was just so busy this last couple of days before flying here and then flight delays. But as I was waiting for my plane. I feel like a lot of your flights have been delayed. Don't get me started on the transportation industry right now. Um, I could go off. But I managed to finish The the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yeah, not a great book to finish in public because I was like tearing up and I was like, I don't have a tissue on me and like, this is awkward. So I get the hype. I get why people praise it a lot. I will go back to watch some TikToks to like see what people like Latina creators were pointing out. Did you get any of that when you were reading it? So like Evelyn Hugo, she was initially like Evelyn Herrera, but she changed her name when she wanted to go into her uh, Hollywood, they were just like, you okay. need, and this is like maybe in the 50s or something. Yeah, I feel like that happened to, like, like a lot. That's pretty fairly and, realistic. And, and, and so I obviously have not done a deep enough dive into creators, like their issues with Taylor Jenkins Reads because I haven't read like her other books. So who knows? But I get why a lot of people change their names. Like, a lot, to, like, a lot of people change their names. Whiten their name. 
I get it. I wouldn't say it's like super complex that people are like, oh my god, this is such a complex story. Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's oh, complex, okay. yeah. but like I don't think it's that deeply complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be like it's because I read a lot, guys. But <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, I need more complex yeah. plot lines. Challenge me. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like I think it was a good book. I think maybe the last part, maybe when I think about it now, it's a little rushed. But it definitely does show you, um, I think, the challenges of being a woman. I think the whole point of the main character is, like, she doesn't want pity for the stuff she had to go through. So, like, as I was making notes on the plane, that weren't, like, weren't me pitying the character. But it's, like, just understanding that women in the Hollywood industry probably had to, like, go through a lot, work a lot harder than men to, like, be equivalent of men or like but so many people had to be changed like who who was i i saw this tiktok recently about this really famous um glamour age hollywood star i'm not sure who it is and i don't want to get it wrong by saying someone else's name but basically what i think her deal was that she was like basically a little ethnically ambiguous and she ended up marrying a guy who i think was also her producer or something and he made her get it was basically like laser because of the way her hairline was to like raise her forehead to make her look more um ethnically white and then also i think they dyed her hair like she used to but then before when she was like working for her father like i think they did like a dance company together he dyed her hair darker to look more ethnic because it helped her but then with you know her new husband dyed it lighter so i mean it was just like the idea was that she was just always this pawn of men in hollywood and like she was never really truly herself right she was always forced to look like something and it's something that unfortunately is it happens in hollywood and so that that said like yes it's it's a shitty thing to do and it's a shitty thing to have to maybe represent but it's not unrealistic and it's something that many people have deal with and still deal with to today you know well so yeah Evelyn Hugo, like, she had to dye her hair blonde. I think, I want to say maybe get veneers, change her New York accent. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, that's what, we're not condoning it. We're saying we understand that that's what happens Mm -hmm. in the Hollywood industry. We're clearly not from Hollywood, like. Right. And so I wouldn't call that, like, I mean, so that's internalized racism. But to me, that's not racism because it's a true representation of what actually happens. Right? Because I know that's, like, one of the issues Mm -hmm. that we brought up in our controversial authors episode when we're talking about what the issue is with taylor jenkins reed similar to the other author that i've honestly forgotten um they have like all these hispanic characters that okay first of all yeah weird but fine and then there's like a lot of racism towards them but i mean to me this sounds like a like realistic portrayal yeah because like evelyn i think there was some internalized racism or like she didn't speak spanish anymore like yeah but that's like so realistic i mean just as someone i don't know you can speak to this too but like as someone who is um ethnic i don't speak the languages that my parents speak i wish i did look this is only one book of taylor jenkins read that we can mm. really go off of since, like having read it now but maybe there's other books of hers that like we just haven't read right like, to like know maybe about. there's more um, other issues and the thing is, is we're not of that culture so we're not picking up on it yeah right? I think don't when, don't take anything i say to uh we're saying this as take it with a grain of salt as other bipoc readers like to us like we don't know but like we're not of that culture so Hopefully I'll start a new book. I'm, I was really hoping to finish this because I have like two, maybe three books on my Kindle to read. One, fan fiction, because we're going to talk about fan yes. fiction at some point. Wait, you can get fan fiction on your Kindle? I have downloaded a version. Oh, one that I could download, read on like Apple Books. And then I have two arcs I have yet to read that I <laughs> yeah, plan to read on the plane. On the, so hopefully on my way back on my iPad, I can read it. But that's where we're at now with our currently nice. reading. Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's talk about the bookstores we saw in London. 
All right. Yeah. I, still mean, want to I guess foils? maybe a bit before that. So we were staying in Soho and there were so many bookstores and yeah. like our hotel was in a great place. Planned that. Basically, we had no idea where we were staying. Believe it or not, we thought our hotel was yeah. in a completely a separate neighborhood than right there, it but... was. And we're glad yeah. that it was in Soho, very central. Um, but yes, there were a lot of bookstores. And I didn't realize this till later mm-hmm. until we went to a pub with a sign explaining it. But that street was actually very well known with either – was it either publishers or secondhand bookstores? bookstores? I forget. Yeah, I think so. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was – I didn't realize Soho was known for that or that one road. It was like yeah, one so, of the main I thoroughfares mean, in right, Soho. Our hotel was down a little road, but when you came out, just turned up a bit. You've got a Waterstones door there. How could you not? You kept going down the road. We hit foils. <laughs> and then later on, like, let's keep walking further down – um, it took Julia to some other cute and alleyway of bookstores, but let's talk about foils because um, that was your first time going to foils. Yes, I didn't even so I just had never ever heard of foils before. I hadn't store. been there until I think maybe last Christmas, maybe or last yeah maybe last Christmas I think. Because um, my mom took me new. there. And she was yeah. like, oh yeah, like let's go to foils. So I was like, what the hell is foils? Mm-hmm. Because I only know Waterstones. Really. Yeah, what's foils? Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's not something that you hear it's, a lot. I think it's like, because it's foils, I don't know yeah. if they have multiple locations or if they do, it's not as many as compared to Waterstones or WH Smith. Definitely comparable in size to like a large Waterstones. It's humongous, it's got a lot of floor. I mean, obviously it's fairly new to me, but this is why I don't go there cuz Waterstones you have membership, so you earn points. Foils does not really have that the times I've been there, so you know, to each their own. That's just okay, my personal preference, but it's still a great store to be in. Yeah, very true. No, I liked it. It was very, very big. It had a really nice atmosphere. I think great selection of books. They also, they had a big cafe on the top floor, which I thought was like a really cute idea. Unfortunately, their bathrooms were out of order, which is very difficult for such a big bookstore. Um, but <laughs> let's move on to the other bookstore. Yeah. So um, I think it's like Cecil Court, Cecil Court. And so I, yeah, so I That's discovered, I don't know what I was looking up. I think it was just looking mm-hmm. up like secondhand bookstores in London. This was maybe for last summer, maybe um, when COVID things were still kind of shut down in London. And so I wanted to go to this court with my mom. And I found this bookstore called Marshpane where they have a lot of secondhand bookstores. I think that's what it's known for. But one store in particular, Marshpane, it has secondhand um, like children's books and a lot of them are like rare first edition books. So Julie and I spent a lot of time during this trip. Yes. Oh my God. March Pain is like my new happy place. I loved it there so much. I mean, first of all, as I was saying, it's, it's on this like this beautiful little cobblestone street, almost like an alleyway that's full of different little bookstores, a lot of which I believe maybe secondhand or very niche. And one of them is March Pain, which is all children's books. And I'm talking like absolute classics but it's not just um they also had a lot of beautiful editions of Shakespeare they had the Rubaiyat illustrated by Edmund Dulac they had they did have a thousand one Arabian Nights also illustrated by Edmund Dulac which you know those are not necessarily children's books but I think that kind of like fairy tale-esque genre they also had a lot of yeah no I think so when I first went there I'm a big Harry Potter fan I would love to have the first editions of those books and so they have a couple of them, but I would just like to say the sales associate who was there when we went in was an extremely kind, polite, patient man and so eager to talk about books. And I yes. think we realized this during our trip. 
the, the bookstores we visited. And when we went into Waterstones, the sales associates also so happy to talk about books. I love encountering yeah. associates like that who are like, okay, let me recommend this to you. And it's also a good book on top of it. Uh, but no, that yeah. gentleman was so polite, you know, yeah. basically took my email address down, gave you their email address if I ever wanted to find out about the Harry Potter editions in particular, but other books that they could maybe maybe try and find for us, you know. Um, but we spent so much time in there and it's a tiny, tiny store. Um, and it's completely full, full of books. I mean, yeah. piles, stacks, bookshelves, you name it. It's so wonderful. They have so many amazing things. Should we go through what yes. we each got? Because we couldn't help ourselves. Obviously, we both we got may some goodies. We made a dent in our bank accounts. So as I mentioned, they didn't, <laughs> talking to this gentleman, um, he was just saying, you know, first editions are have more value for Harry Potter 1 through 3, I think. And they didn't have that. So I was like, okay, let's look at Roald Dahl instead. And I got a, a first edition copy of Matilda. I absolutely adore it. It definitely cost a couple couple hundred pounds. But, you know, this is such a classic. And I, I showed it to my mom afterwards. And she's like, this was, I think, one of your favorites, you know, growing up. So I think it was worth it, you know, for a book that yeah. – you know, I cherished when I was worth, younger. I so. If I have kids, like this is something I'd be like, you can have it. Yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool things. Yeah. No, but I think the Matilda was so wonderful, and it was also one of my favorite books. And I honestly just, to be honest, I hadn't picked mm-hmm. up any edition of Matilda in such a long time. But picking that up and reading the first few pages really takes you back. Yeah, he's such a incredible writer. I literally can't Matilda. wait. But I know you bought a bit more. Please tell us all yeah. the goodies. I bought. A few little small goodies. One of the the first things I got were these original prints. No, they're prints of the original artwork in Winnie the Pooh. So like those beautiful pen sketches, you know, of Winnie the Pooh and the little band of friends. And I'm just, I'm a really big fan of Winnie the Pooh. I think that little bear had a lot of wisdom and I love the books. Um, and those drawings have such a special place in my heart. They're so classic. They're so nostalgic and they're so cute. So I picked up a couple of those. I'm really chuffed about that. Um, and then I also you know, I was in the back looking among the Enid Blyton and other such books. And I came across these books. I think they're part of a series. I never heard of it, but it was basically about these like adventures at a girl's boarding school in England, you know, like those from a very long time ago. I I say a very long time ago, like maybe like the 1920s, right? So I had never heard of the author, like I said, but um, they weren't particularly expensive books, but I just thought that they were such a fun story. And I thought it'd be fun to read, so I just got a copy of one of those. Um, I unfortunately, I clearly didn't really prepare for this episode because I don't have the books with me. I'll post, I'll post in the show notes or something. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited. I do. I've always loved ever since I was a kid reading about you know those British boarding school stories. So just another one of those. And then the last thing I got is what I'm most excited about, and. It is this little book of fairy poems, but they're like beautifully illustrated. And the poet illustrator, she's like really famous if you are into fairies, which I am. I I mean, I love fairy tale drawings. I mean, I mentioned Edmund Dulac. It's kind of that to me is in the same realm. Like if you know about fairy tale illustrations, then you would know who I'm talking about. Even though I haven't mentioned her name. You know, I'm so sorry. This is such a terrible introduction. We'll post it. We'll post it. (laughs) But they're basically, you know, she's the author. I mean, she's the 
illustrator who does all these like, garden fairies and she does like a little poem for each of them and she has the illustrations and they're some of the most classic well-known fairy illustrations in the west in England so I was just really happy about that I had never ever seen her work in real life I've only ever seen pictures online so I knew I had to get it so I was really happy with yeah, that yeah we definitely well. need to post this um I've got my Matilda books like still wrapped up in the bag I was like mom need to protect it from when I traveled and now that I just moved um we'll cover on social media don't worry but yeah we both knew we couldn't buy that much for our weekend in London. You know, I just, I wasn't expecting it, but I also didn't know, I didn't know that we were going to go in, into March Payne. I hadn't been there before, but I'm telling you, like, I would have bought so many other things. I mean, among the other treasures that we saw, first editions of Barbar the Elephant. Oh my goodness. I mean, they were, I didn't even realize, but there's an edition with an introduction by A.A. A. A. Milne. And that, I mean, you know, the first edition of Barbar is also like several hundred pounds. Um, so I did not get that. Um, we also saw there was like the original Winnie the Pooh series books, the original Paddington, or I don't know if they're the original, but you know, like very beautiful box set editions, I should say. And seriously, these books are not really for kids, even though this bookstore had, you know, holds children's books. I wouldn't really say it's a bookstore for children, I would think you? It's a bookstore that holds books that might have traditionally been for children. Exactly. So this is really for the for the adult who is very nostalgic or has a soft spot in their heart for children's books, like we do. And let me tell you, it is. I, I just loved it in there. I mean, I've talked quite a bit about children's books. I think on many occasions. So yeah, we don't want to go too much into the rest of our trip, but that was like really the, the most exciting thing I think we have to share from our little trip. Yeah, that um, was one of the highlights. We did spend so much time there. I yeah, think by the end, I, I was like, like Julia, you to, have five more minutes. I needed to be a mom for a bit. I was like, we need to go now. There's other book places to go to. I know, I know, but I could have spent, I, I tell you, I could have spent all day in there. I mean, the, yeah. as we mentioned, the man was so, so nice. He was opening up and I was like, please books. stop showing her more stuff. We have to showing go. Showing us. It was so bad. It was so bad. It was like so, so, so stunning. And I'm so happy that he showed me things because it was almost unprompted. But I think he both realized that there were two two girls in there who had a passion for books. He knew that we were customers and most likely returning customers for sure. So, you know, his efforts were absolutely not in vain, but he did show us many, many things that this was also did not buy. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, no, right? but how amazing would it be? <laughs> Earlier in the episode, it was what we were reading at the time of London, but why don't we talk a bit about a reading update for now? Let me go into mine before yours, because I feel like yours is going to be a longer conversation between the two of us. I just moved into a new apartment, guys, and it's a hot mess, and I'm just really busy trying to unpack and throw things out, move things here and there. So next book I have lined up, next fiction book, is The Secret History, but I want to sit down and enjoy it. So right before that, in England, I bought volume one of Heartstopper and really enjoyed that. Like I read that in a day while I was like packing. So I made my mom buy volume two because it was just cheaper in our store. Started that last night and immediately like was just going through it super quickly. I highly recommend it. I just think it's so cute. I watched the trailer for the Netflix show before I started volume one. I don't know. I just had a huge smile on my face the whole time. It's such okay, a cute no, book, Julia. I really recommend. What's it? It's, what's it about? I think on the cover, it's like boy meets boy, like boy falls in love and all that. So all boys school in England. You've got Nick and Charlie. Oh, okay. I might mix the two of them up as I'm explaining this. I'm sorry. So, you, so I'll just say boy one, boy two. 
So you've got one boy who's already out as gay and like he befriends the other guy. They sit next to each other in class and they just become friends. Like the other guy's like, why don't you join the rugby team and all that? Wait yeah. a second. This is um a comic book. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was thinking while you were explaining this, I was like, that's yeah, so funny. So this sorry. sounds very sorry, much like a, a comic, comic book, book that I picked up on. It is so adorable. I like need to keep reading yeah. it. Then I'm going to start the Netflix show. But oh my God. I like I was explaining it to my yeah. mom this morning. I was like, you need to read it. It's such an adorable read. Um, I love it. Yeah, I really liked it as well. That's so funny. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I picked it up I for the first time when I was at the Strand in New York. So I totally agree with you. But talking about comic books really quick, because I guess this is the first time that we've mentioned a comic book on here. I have actually become quite a big fan of comic books. I've just moved to Paris and comic books are a huge thing in Paris. And by comic books, I mean like for both children and adults. And I mean like any kind of comic books. When I personally think of comic books, I just think of Marvel. And I mean, obviously, I just mentioned this book and its own little story, of course. And it's such a popular thing here. And there's, I don't know how to describe it, but they're on every single subject, every single genre that you can imagine. History, crime, nonfiction, beautifully illustrated. It makes a really fun and different reading experience. So I think it's really cool. And I'm definitely excited to read but let me tell you there are so many like when you walk into any french bookstore humongous sections dedicated to comic books and when I, like they're stunning i mean these are beautiful beautiful books and some of them can be quite expensive because they're just like works of art almost super and like you know there's some that are like definitely like for adults like mm-hmm. you know it's not a story that would interest kids and then but kids also have like such a huge variety of comic books at their disposal as well but yeah that's, that's where i'm at yeah. i will start <laughs> house of sky and breath so that's crescent city too think once my mom leaves so I can like sit and like plow through it um Danielle still hasn't finished Crescent City sorry Danielle I don't know if you have or haven't but I need to start it because I can't wait anymore (laughs) but I know (laughs) you have some like updates about the Akatar series and like I basically told you to wait for us to record for us to talk it through yes I forget what book I was on when we recorded you're in the middle of Akamath yeah yeah, Miss and Fury. I honestly don't remember what happens in that book. <laughs> they all just like run together. I mean, honestly, like all of Sarah J. Mass's like long series, I'm like, the story just keeps going. I like forget. I'm reading this series on my Kindle too. So it's just harder for me to know which book it is because I can't just look at the book and flip through it really quickly to remember. Um, that said, I am now in the middle of A Court of Frost and Starlight, which is it's the like, fourth. It's like a novella, really. Yeah, so it's like three and a half. So it's well, it's after the third one. So obviously, I have really enjoyed the series. It's so interesting. Like, I feel like I've seen. I don't know how to explain. It. Like, I, I think it's like not something that you can really compare through a glass to. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to because completely different series, completely different plot. Also, you know what else we need to talk about? The absolute exponential so, increase so in that, spice. That's what- <laughs> that um, happens after Feyre and okay I don't I mean, actually, so no like spoilers that, I think what people a lot of things is Akatar so the first one is marketed as YA but onwards it's marketed as adult yeah. I think what it is is that sometimes like yeah. books get marketed as YA thinking that's like an easier market to break into than adult but it's just like to say it's an adult because this is also the people who read YA I feel like exactly. a lot of adults so read like, these books an anyways, adult, but like... That's when it becomes adult. But I think it also comes with like, maybe it's been a year or whatever. Like it's been whatever X amount of time since she's written it. So she's like, yeah, let's add more to it. But like that happened with Throne of Glass also. Remember like you hit what maybe Empire Storms and it suddenly got like a bit more spice and you're like, oh, okay then. Yeah, but that was towards the end. But I like, it's just like once, 
you know who and you know who get get together it'll be like them going through their day and then like it's I mean, I I don't know. girl wait till you get there's a lot because is, if you think that's spicy that i've heard that is i've heard that is level i have 20. heard things um oh my god it's so funny it's not even like like it didn't have to be there i mean like i don't mind like obviously like i'm happy to read it but i mean it's not like adding to the plot because sometimes spice is like a part of the plot right like a and so these lovers this is like, the moment i, I think the but, like, akatar series is it's just funny to me a lot more of a focus and that's what you're right about you can't compare akatar to throne of glass because they're so different right and that's what pc when people yes. are trying, like akatar is better than yeah. throne of glass i really think it depends on like what you read first because i've taught like had comments with people where they're like well i read throne of glass first and before Akatar, and I think that was better. I was like, same with me. And I think that was my first introduction yeah. to Sarah J. Mass that I think I'm going to also have a, that's a special place in my heart where I'm like, wait, I really like this. Let's try her other books. Yes. But I think when you're talking about the spice, I think it, I've said this before, Akatar just focuses so much on the relationships, the romantic aspect that it's just like, yeah. that is like you're so feeding right. into that. That is like a supporting device of the story. Like, do you have that plot, like the whole war and whatever? But like, that's kind of like there is, parallel right? but to it's very the romance. Focused. It's not like... Yeah, and even, you know what I found as well? Like, the um the Akatar series also focuses a lot on, you know, the, the inner circle and the relationship between friends even, and then their relationships. I, I don't... Um, I, wait, wait, what are you making city, I think it's not as much a friendship thing, but like, I think it's more just about relationships in general. Yeah, in general. I'm just saying that to kind of show that there's almost like, not that the plot is again secondary, but there's just so much, like it's literally them. There's so many scenes where they're just like sitting in a townhouse laughing and having fun. And I love that. Like I actually, I find it really comforting to read. It's very wonderful. It's like, it's almost, you know, a lot of it to me is like, this is going to be, this might be a weird comparison. Like watching Friends, yeah, like, like one okay, of those sitcoms, or Hi, like your mother, like one TV of those sitcoms that we have. Yeah, but it's like those specific shows where it's like a bunch mm. of people living a flat together, having fun. It's like you have this merry little band of friends, and there definitely is this merry little band of friends, I mean, <laughs> if you will, um, in the books. And it's um, you can tell that she's very careful when she writes about their relationship, like the, the different relationships, like um, bring out like different nuances and how they're all very aware of each other's feelings and super caring towards each other it's it is very nice to read about and even though in the beginning it obviously I was like why is there no plot even though there I mean that's why I liked the third book so much because there was a lot more plot love a good battle scene I will say I do believe Sarah J Mass can write a damn good battle scene I personally enjoy them but there's just so much about that camaraderie that makes it yeah quite comforting in ways but then also it can make you a little, a little I, I really think you're gonna enjoy lower my mic I really think you're gonna enjoy <laughs> Crescent City because that's like I will emphasize I will harp on that it is so much about friendship and it's so beautiful I think I said this mm-hmm. last time I was prepping a document to do a review with Danielle and I'd like to you know put a quote at the beginning when we're doing like joint reviews and like let's look up crescent city mm-hmm. quotes like to get ready like what are some favorite ones i'm looking at it right now and it's like my first one i literally almost started like tearing up i was like this is just so beautiful this one <laughs> the one that like breaks my heart it's like then let the world know that my first act of freedom was to help my friends that's a good one. She knows how to write emotion scenes. Because the other day, when I was just finishing up the third book, Akalor, you, what's it even them. called? 
uh, a court of something and ruin so. war and ruin when i tell you i don't know what a single one of these books is called i had to ask aisha what the book was a court called of wings and ruin. war because like the acronym is Akawar. anyways in a court of wings and ruin basically there's a scene that made me like i was tearing and, like i don't i really don't cry that easily when i read books i say that and i'm like <laughs> i cry after this i cried after that it was near the end and like there had been some fatalities. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> the status of a character was a bit iffy. Let's say that. And and then because of that, another character is very sad. She made her pain like so like apparent to me. I could almost like really feel her pain. And I was like, wow, that's incredible that there's I did, there was like so much emotion you know when I remember like reading it it's not as if there's like so many words crammed into this scene there was just so much emotion packed in between these lines I just really felt it and I I was pretty impressed that the author was able to convey I, the I can't wait for you to read Crescent City because like this is what I was thinking as we were talking about how okay Crescent City is definitely about friendship or like love of friendship I think actors like love of love or love of romance let's say love of love I think Third and Glass is more like love of country because I think it was just so much about getting back home to Terrace. Yeah, you're right. There was a lot. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I, I can't wait for you to read Crescent City. Like, Julie, you don't understand. That is, that could very, once I finish the second book, when I start and finish it, who knows if that's on par with Throne of Glass. It made, I mean, in a way, there's like a cute guy in Crescent City. But I think Akatara made me want to be in love in a way. But I think that's what yeah. it is. You know, it's actually it's actually stupid because she's I'm sorry, she's written men in this book that are completely unrealistic and it's ruining me. Okay. I actually have a bone to pick with Mrs. Mass because but I'm upset. Okay? I, I, I just think I like actors, it makes you want to be in love. You know it, it doesn't, it doesn't, because it's like, yeah, I want to be in love with the well, characters no, in the mean, book. But it makes you want to like find <laughs> someone who, who could be like that because you, no, you're, you're falling right, in love with these right. characters and you're like, well, why can't yeah. I have that? Like, right, it's so beautiful. The thing, yeah. Sarah J. Maas has taken me for a huge roller coaster ride with all her books, and I'm super happy to have hopped on the yeah. the bandwagon reading these books. Do we want to leave our episode at that, or is there anything else that we want to bring to the episode? As always, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this mishmash, different kind of episode. This is what you're getting. This is what we have for you this week. Yeah. We'll see you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye, guys. We want to thank you for joining us today and hope that you'll continue on this bookish journey with us. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.